Hey, it's uh, seven minutes after nine o'clock on a Froster Buns Friday. We will uh, be talking about the Democrats snapping into action. Uh, we're talking about uh, Ted Lieu, and, uh, and and he's not alone. Adam Schiff. You, you know, uh, we've got this immense national debt. Uh, we're looking at wars on uh, several fronts. Uh, we are uh, just literally inundated with regulations and rules, uh, and and they have snapped into action. I'll tell you what they're up to. You'll be proud of them, I know. Uh, but first, Donald Trump and the vice president. Who will he pick? There is a, a piece in Newsweek uh, by uh, Ewan Palmer talking about potential running mates for Donald Trump. We'll find out what you think. Uh, we'll do a lightning survey. It doesn't, call, it doesn't count as your call of the day. Uh, Mike Pence is pretty clearly out of the picture. I don't, I don't think Donald Trump's going to pick him to be a running mate. Uh, so, uh, you know, who's left? Uh, they seem to think that perhaps it'll be a, a woman that would soften his image and perhaps get uh, some independence in his corner, uh, increasing his likelihood of victory, though statistically nobody really votes for vice president. Uh, we know this historically. It, it just it doesn't make that big a difference. But that might be which way, that might be the direction he goes. So Newsweek says uh, Christy Nome, uh, the uh, governor from South Dakota, could be his pick. According to the latest odds, uh, she has a plus uh, 375 uh, chance of becoming Trump's next running mate. Uh, that's an implied probability of 21%. But wait, there's more. Vivek Ramaswamy, following Monday's Iowa caucus, where Trump uh, won more than 50% of the vote, Ramaswamy dropped out of the race and immediately endorsed Donald Trump. Some people think this is what he's been shooting for right from the get-go. There are other choices, including Elise Stefanik. Uh, she has, along with uh, Christy Nome been touted as a strong female choice for Trump's running mate. Uh, her fierce loyalty to the former president seems like a pretty good shot. Uh, and Ben Carson, Dr. Carson, uh, Trump nominated him Secretary of Housing and Urban Development in 2017, comes in as fourth. Uh, he's, you know, he, he didn't embarrass the president. Uh, he didn't embarrass the administration. There were no scandals associated with him. He'd be a good choice. He's a, you know, he's a person of color. You know how the left loved that. As opposed to, you know, meritocracy where, where it's based on who's doing the best job. But those are just some of the choices, the top four choices. You may have a different choice. You may think somebody else would make for a great VP for Donald Trump. If you were listening to the program in the final hour yesterday when Dave Rowland was on the program, he made an observation about this kerfuffle in Georgia that might, just might, in fact, he thought it was likely, end the whole Georgia case against Donald Trump. If the prosecutor gets bounced... 
if they say uh, you and your team can't do the prosecution, somebody else has to step in. It's entirely possible that they'll bring in a prosecutor from a different area or maybe from uh, uh, at, at the state level, and they'll simply drop the charges. They'll say, no, there's no there there. If that happens and Donald Trump wins the presidency, he pardons himself from the federal charges, and that's what the race is all about. And uh, it's over for the Democrats. It's just he will have managed to beat them uh, at their own game. So on the uh, VP, let's see. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's different. Uh, let me go to uh, Rich and find out who he thinks would be the right VP. Rich, good morning. Who do you think would morning. be the right P VP for Donald Trump? Uh, I, I would say Sarah Huckabee Sanders or Tim Scott would be a good selection. Uh, but you mentioned Ben Carson. That had, ben Carson is pretty loyal to Trump, and he's a good dude, so I, I can see how that could happen. Too. Yeah, so Christy Nome, you don't think would be the one? No, I don't think so. Uh, I I just don't. I just don't have a good feeling for her being vice president. All right. I don't. I don't see the governor of Arkansas, uh, who just got elected, uh, giving it up. I, I don't see that happening. But, I, I could agree with that. But but, uh, but I think he, she'd still be a good choice. Yeah, and she's been loyal to him, and uh, so has her father. Correct. So it could add up. All right, Rich. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Didn't even throw that that name out there. But she has been. She's been loyal. Uh, and her father has, too. So, uh, and again, uh, someone who worked for Trump before but didn't embarrass him. Uh, let's go to Sam. Good morning, Sam. VP for Hello, Donald Trump. Ben Carson. I would prefer... Ted Cruz, but I want Ted Cruz reserved for the Supreme Court should uh, Trump get another nomination for the Supreme Court. So I say Ben Carson. You know who I'd rather see on the Supreme Court? Uh, Rand Paul. Uh, probably Rand Paul. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would be great, too. And then if we can get enough oomph in the Senate, although I'm far from a Republican, if we can get enough oomph in the Senate to get him confirmed, it's going to be a, a debacle no matter what. But, yeah, he can pin his ears back and, <laughs> and, and get through the process just like Cruz. Could, they, would re they would revel in the process, either one. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wow. All right, Sam, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Tony, Tony, good morning. Who who do you think should be the VP? Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin. All right, what's the logic there? I don't really screw the Democrats up. How are they going to go after their own guy? Well, they don't. Wouldn't that just be funny, though? I mean, well, it would be humorous, <laughs> but you know, Manchin is this no labels party, and they just filed a lawsuit because the Democrats are doing everything they can uh, to keep him, uh, to keep the No Labels Party from getting on the ballot. Hey, welcome to the world of libertarians. Uh, yeah. So the Democrats I, I would know, fight I him. Think, I just think it would be hilarious. It'd be interesting. It would be interesting. All right, that's one I hadn't thought of. Tony, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Brian, had you thought about that, that he would pick Joe Manchin? 
I didn't think about it until he mentioned it, but uh, it's an interesting thought. I don't think no matter who is on Donald Trump's ticket, it's not going to attract any Democrats. So <laughs> you don't think so? No, no. Uh, <laughs> now Michelle Obama. <laughs> oh my! Oh, they would have, that would give them apoplexy, but that would never oh, happen. Yeah. Oh, I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's the only thing that would attract a Democrat to vote for Donald Trump would be uh, uh, one of their own, and uh, that's it. Matt went to GaryNolan.com and sent me a message. It popped up in studio. He's nominating me. I won't take the cut and pay, but thank you. Uh, Steve says, uh, how, about St- <laughs> how about Stormy Daniels for Vice President? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, Dark Horse, Josh Hawley, probably not a good pick politically, but similar views. All right, I'm up against the clock. This is the shortest break of the hour. We'll be back within three minutes on the Gary Nolan Show. Who's the best VP candidate that Trump can pick? It's Froster Buns Friday on the Zimmer Radio Network. It's it's 20 minutes after 9 o'clock. It is Froster Buns Friday, but for grins and giggles, we start with the question, who should Donald Trump pick as a VP, assuming he secures the nomination? And in all likelihood, if he wins in New Hampshire uh, by a handsome margin, uh, he pretty much has it because he's ahead in South Carolina. So, um, you know, there are a few choices that were offered uh, Anson uh, sent me a message through GaryNolan.com. You could do that, too. He said, knowing Trump's history of appointing neocon warmongers, I'd say he's most likely to select Nikki Haley as a running mate. I remind you, Anson, that in the four years that he was in the White House, he didn't engage in any war, uh, which is one of the things that, frankly, I liked about him. Um I, just, I, I don't think he's going to get us involved in, uh, in a new war either. Uh, then Brandon uh, said, uh, <laughs> Brandon spelled correctly, I love that. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, she'll bring in people on the fence. Um, that's an interesting choice. She's, she's kind of a, a, a mixed bag for me. But uh, The other choice is Christy Nome, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, Elise Stefanik, Ben Carson, who do you think he should pick? It is a lightning survey, and so it doesn't count as your call of the day. Jack, good morning. Morning. You just mentioned my choice, Tracy Gerdick. Very impressed with her. She's been a Fox News correspondent, and she gets on quite often. I liking her because she is military. I was retired military. So with the world the way it is today... I think it would be good to have somebody with a military background that know what's going on around the world today. So that would be my choice. She was a Democrat, and she got fed up with the party and left him, I think, a year or so ago. But like I said, she's on Fox quite often. Yeah, yeah. She's All right. got a lot of things to say. It makes good sense, okay? All right, Jack, and thank you for your service. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Roger, good morning. Good Good morning, Gary. Uh, I'd like to add two more to your list, Tucker Carlson and Carrie Lake. Um, and I, I'd like to see Tucker Carlson. He's very well-spoken. He's knowledgeable of what's going on in the world. And he's principled. I mean, he has stand, stood up to Trump at times. And I think he'd make an excellent choice. But uh, I think a more interesting topic, Gary, would be 
Michelle Obama. Who would she pick for vice president? Yeah, she's not going to be the nominee. Uh, not well, gonna... Biden isn't, I don't think, either. But no, I don't think Biden well, is either. I think they'll pull the rug out from... Who else do they have? Oh, they've got some others there in the background. There's a guy right now, there's uh, two uh, challengers that... Uh, uh, Governor Hairdo. Yeah, Governor Hairdo. Uh, <laughs> there are other uh, candidates they could pick. They could pull the rug out from under them at any minute, and I think they will. But at the uh, at the convention, but no, I don't yeah. think it'll be her. I, I'd be sure. I'd be stunned if it was her. All right, Roger for Tucker Carlson. All right, Roger. Thank you, Tucker Carlson. You're not alone, Roger. Others. I, I just saw another uh, somebody else publicly supported the idea of Tucker Carlson to be uh, Trump's VP candidate. Uh, Dwayne says uh, Trey Gowdy. Uh, Randy says Carrie Lake for vice president. Some interesting uh, opportunities there. We'll uh, we'll see which way it unfolds. I'll be uh, I'll be interested to see what he does. In the meantime, think about what's going on in the world. I really give it a hard thought. War in Ukraine, challenges from Russia, challenges from communist China. $34 trillion in debt, Social Security and Medicare going bankrupt. I mean, there is a lot going on. That's just the tip of the iceberg. So the Democrats have snapped into action, recognizing that we have these problems that are just overwhelming. Uh, and, and you'll be pleased to know that uh, Ted Lieu, Democrat from California, has joined Adam Schiff. Democrat also from California, and snapped into action, just worked their buns off to put together a bill that bans the use of glue traps to catch rodents. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Are you reading out of the Babylon Bee? No. Oh, wait. These are Democrats. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Yeah. This is from the Western Journal. Uh, no doubt the rats need protecting, and who better to ensure that happens than Schiff? <laughs> they don't want to get stuck in glue traps themselves, because yeah. oftentimes they can be confused with rodents and rats, you know. Yes. <laughs> uh, if, if you're not familiar with them, those are just little plastic uh, containers with uh, really sticky stuff in them. And uh, the rodents get in there, and they can't get out, and... And that's how a lot of people uh, catch them. So they want to ban them. Isn't that what Democrats always do, Brian? They take away choice. Yes, they do. Oh, no, we've decided you can't have that. You can't have that. Why? Well, because you're you're too too stupid. stupid. You don't recognize the value of protecting rats and mice and other rodents. (laughs) Oh, golly, you you can't make this up. I mean, I would think every bit of energy that they that they they expend at the federal level ought to be on finding ways out from under everything that's you know really critical. I I would I would think outlawing glue traps for rodents would be pretty far down the list. But when you're busy outlawing the internal combustion engine, normal dishwashers, toilets that flush. Uh, ceiling fans, air conditioning. What else are they banning? There's. I think it would be easier to list the items that they're not. What's left? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> clearly, clearly, there is not much left. 
Oh boy, you gotta you gotta have your uh, priorities priorities set straight. Did you see that video of the seven forty seven uh, in Miami? I didn't see it. No, I heard about it, but I haven't seen the video. It's kind of dark out, so the fire is really, you know, clearly uh, uh, visible. Uh, they took off, and one of the engines caught fire, and it's spewing uh, flame behind it. And they turned around and landed. If I were on that plane, I would need a change of underwear. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but Boeing is just having one setback after another. Uh, this does not look good. Another Boeing aircraft uh, in trouble. Yeesh. That just terrifies. Uh, I would not want to be on that one. Uh, Doyle says, has anyone ever decided who they will vote for president based on who they picked as a running mate? Very few people, if any, Doyle. Uh, we've seen presidential candidates do this in the past, uh, and we've done polling on it, and it really doesn't have a big effect. People vote for the president, not the vice president. If people voted for the vice president, Kamala Harris would have tanked Joe Biden. Well, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure uh, running mate uh, sways any votes, uh, but could repeal vo repel voters if the VP is someone they don't like. Yeah, that's about the, uh, the only strength you get out of it. Uh, a bad VP choice might hurt you a little, but it won't help you at all. It's just not something people consider. They consider the, the head of the ticket, and they, they really should consider uh, that more vigorously. They ought to look at what happens if somebody becomes incapacitated. And who's going to take over? Wow, wouldn't that be terrifying, Brian, just thinking about her as the president? Yikes. Uh, yeah. let, me, let me go to Steve. He sent a message President Trump should put his VP uh, selection on the candidate's abilities and the potential to move into the presidential office following his next term. Yeah, I think we uh, I think we agree on that, and I think that's uh, that's what we just said. All right, it is Froster Buns Friday. Oh, speaking of that, uh, this is your opportunity if you've got something that's on your mind and you want to chat about it. Uh, by all means, uh, today is the day where you can uh, where you can do that. I uh, got a message uh, from who? Uh, this is from Eric. Gary, good morning. Not long ago, you mentioned thinking about getting dehydrated food storage. I was curious if you did that, and if so, who did you go with, and what did you think of the service and quality? Thanks, Eric. Eric, I have not yet done it. I'm kind of weighing it all out. Uh, I will have to run it past the bride, make sure that she is okay with it. Um, but I seriously am concerned about the future of the country, and I really am seriously thinking about doing it. If and when I do it, and I probably will, I will tell you who I went with, and I will let you know what I think of, uh, of their service and what I think of their food, because we've got to taste it. If somebody would just come up with uh, storage with uh, stuffed grape leaves uh, and kibbe and a little buttery, well, I would be... Uh, I'd be a happy camper. All right, quick break. We will return. 
Uh, we'll talk a little bit about, well, this race. This is the Gary Nolan Show. <laughs> it's 35 minutes after 9 o'clock. It's Froster Buns Friday. So if there's a topic you want to discuss, this is your chance. 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. The one and a half degree climate goal may be deader than a doornail. And scientists are bitterly divided. Uh, stories at CNN, we'll get into that. Uh, and also uh, what's going on over at Ford. In the meantime, on the VP pick, Scott is on the line and he has a VP pick. Well, hey, go guys, ahead. I was just... I was going to tell you that I believe that you didn't you didn't ask who we want to be uh, the VP, but who do we think will be? And I think that if you really look at it and you really think about it, clearly Ben Carson has got to be the guy. And I say that because number one, Ben Carson's not a politician; he doesn't have any hooks in him, just like Trump. Number two, he is so calm, cool, and collected. That he never, sometimes you think he's going to fall asleep, and sometimes <laughs> he's so quiet you want to think that he's not smart, but he's a friggin' brain surgeon. So you know that he's the smartest guy in the room. And number three, um, he checks a block that I don't even really like talking about, but he's also a minority. Um, I just think that. The, he's just the counterpoint to Donald Trump. He's not going to take a bunch of air out of the room when he walks in like Trump does. Um, he's loyal. If you remember back when they were all trying to run for president, he was one of the candidates. Everybody else Trump Trump gave a nasty nickname to, but not Ben Carson. He's never, ever dispersed the guy because he, he respects him. I, I just think, and I'm not saying he's the best guy, and I'm not saying that's who I want, but I think... Clearly, he checks the most boxes for Donald Trump. You know, he comes across as just a damn nice guy. But don't think for a minute that Democrats won't find a way to vilify him. Uh, but you're yeah. right. He's in many ways, he's an ideal uh, candidate. All right, uh, Scott, yeah. thank you for the call. All right, thank All you. Right. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Let us head down to Springfield and chat with Dennis on a Froster Buns Friday. Dennis, good morning. Yeah, what frosts my buns is that people don't know uh, information, don't know what's happening in the news media. You can't rely on them to tell you anything. When I mention the numbers M1 and M2, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's uh, cash that you can grab uh, very easily, uh, fungible. It's in your checking account or in your pocket. M2 is all, everything. It's the whole ball of wax. Right. Uh, and, and the M2 numbers are, are disturbing. Yes. Uh, throughout our history, four times, including right now, M2 has fallen. Every single time it's ever fallen, it's during a depression. Every single time. All four times. The, the other previous three times, and including this one, it's led to a depression or been during a depression. And yep. people don't understand what's going on. And You know, you know small, uh, businesses, if small businesses can't get loans. Oh, no, uh, no. People with good credit can't get loans. Yeah. Um, now, if you're, you know, getting a, a grant from the government to uh, study uh, Bolivian uh, transsexual worms, you can get that. But, you know, there's just we're throwing money away. And one thing that I'm very angry at, just angrier than I can be, we vote in these Republicans who, you know, are supposed to be conservatives. 
and they spend as much money as the Democrats. Yep. And I want every Republican congressman, senator, every Republican that's in office, stop spending money that I don't have and can't give you. You've got to stop the insanity. We, we don't have an adult in the room. There's not a, an adult there. And if I was stupid enough to be elected president of the United States, my inauguration speech would be telling Congress, don't send me an unbalanced budget. It will be vetoed every time. And I tell them, I don't care whether you raise taxes or cut spending or both or anything. Stop bankrupting me, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. Yeah, well, here, Dennis, I understand, your, I understand your anger. But in order to balance the budget, you cannot raise taxes enough to cover the deficit. You can't. If you do that, right. uh, then we are in a. Then we're definitely in a depression because there's no money to invest in new goods and new products. And if you do what you need to do, which is to privatize Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, uh, and to uh, reduce the uh, military footprint. Uh, everybody gets upset with you. They all get upset. They they start screaming, oh, you're going to make us weak and defenseless, and you're going to throw old people out on the streets, and sick people won't be able to get health care. We're so, so far down that rabbit hole, Dennis. Yeah, we're, we're toast. There, there, is no, there is no way, there is no financial way to save this country. And you're... I went well, I, to an investment meeting the other night, and they said, oh... Social Security is not bankrupt. It's not going broke. And I chuckled. And they said, oh, Social Security isn't a Ponzi scheme. And I said, oh, we're in the wrong investment area. Yeah, well, Social bank, Security, Social Security won't, won't, Social Security won't go bankrupt, Dennis. As long as people are working and paying into it, they will get money. They just won't have enough money to fulfill all the promises they've made. So, uh, but it is, it's a terrible deal. De Dennis. Uh, you know, you've got such a firm hand, uh, handle on the economic side of this. You ought to be running for office somewhere. Appreciate oh, no, 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 no. Thank you. But you have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Michelle, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a concern regarding the Uvalde school um, report that came out a couple days ago regarding all of the police failures. Yeah. Um, the one thing that was not mentioned, that uh, shooter went into an unlocked side door that the first time we heard about it was someone had left it ajar or unlocked, yep. and that has never come out since. Um, yes, the, the police needed some better training, but um, the person who left that door unlocked or ajar, there's an issue there. So... Yeah, I agree. I also, I also think if uh, there were faculty and staff that were armed, including the teacher yeah. that uh, that uh, that idiot killed, yeah. that might have turned the whole thing around. In fact, it might have stopped it from happening at all. That's very true. Yeah, and uh, we're working on that um, in some of our school districts in southwest Missouri already. So there are some school districts, I think, for the next school year for this year who are uh, going through some very intense training and are going to be armed. Beautiful. That is, and put yes. a sign up. Make sure they know yes. that they don't know and who the, who's, yes. who's going to stop them. 
All right, Michelle, yeah. i got to run. Thank, Thank you for you. the call uh, and the hope, too, because now I'm hopeful that it'll happen. If you're, if you're on a school board in Columbia or Springfield or Jeff City, whatever it is, and, and you're not letting faculty and staff who are willing to go through the training uh, to conceal carry, you are playing Russian roulette with the students. You're playing Russian roulette based on your politics. You let those teachers and faculty and staff who are willing carry, and you put up a sign, and the bad guy will probably avoid you. And if the problem, and if they don't, you're going to mitigate the disaster. Somebody will cut them down. Jack, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Okay. You know, it's been interesting hearing everybody talk before I got on here because it's like you should be charging people. <laughs> what? You're a regular counselor here. Uh, no, there's a lot of subjects brought up here. This is what I struggle with anymore. We talk about these same topics every day. I mean, you, you listen to Bongino, you, just so many others. That's the problem. I don't understand. People are so tired of talking about it. I'm tired of hearing talk. And it's like on both sides, it's like that's all we do is talk about these issues. Nothing ever gets done. You know, uh, you know, Congress tries to do this. Certain people try to do this, but nothing ever gets done. At what point do people, just the, the average day American people, at what point do you quit listening to stuff? And, and what I'm afraid of, I'm afraid we're going to start seeing crazy things happen. Because how far are people, how long are people just going to keep listening to this in circles all the time? Well, hopefully the more they learn, the more motivated they are. To get involved. Uh, I did it. Uh, I, I gave up a, a nationally syndicated radio program to run for office. I had the opportunity to go around the country and, uh, and, and uh, enlighten voters with the truth. I managed to get Democrats and Republicans in. Uh, everybody has to take that chance. Everybody has to get involved. Uh, and if I can motivate them to do that, well, I'm a happy camper. Well, the younger people nowadays, that's that's over with because my son, he's 22 in college. And I'm going to tell you right now, you get around these college kids now, we're not talking about the same people. <laughs> we're not talking about the same. Uh, they, they do not think like we do at all. I mean, anybody of my age, and I'm 45, I think my era is probably the last of the half normal left anyway. <laughs> that's the way I look at it. But, and, uh, you know, as I look back at it, I see the things now that led up to all this, but at the time, you don't pay attention to that. These kids nowadays, they have not a clue, not a clue of what happened. I mean, you go to campus. I was just well, on campus Well, here's last the thing. i, I got to run, Jack, because I'm behind. But here's yeah. the thing. We send those kids to government schools, and we tell them, pay attention. Do what the teacher tells you. And then this we're surprised true. when they come out the other end uh, progressive. Uh, yeah. Get us get those kids out of government schools, start homeschooling, and the country can start turning around if we can survive financially long enough. All right, I yeah, gotta run. Yeah, that's to me. I gotta run. Thanks, Jack. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. Dennis, good morning. Good morning. A little bit about some more financial but it has to be with local. Uh we've had some issues with our Miller County Health Department and it's affected uh, three of our businesses in Miller County. And that is the other day I heard where now the Miller County Health Department is sponsoring a broadcast for the local high school's basketball games. Now, I have no idea what that's going to benefit the general public, the health department, uh, advertising on a 
broadcast of a radio sports game. Well, you, know, you never know. Helped. Some other government health uh, department may be competing with them. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I anyway, get your point. Frost my buns. I don't doubt it. All right, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, that is insane, isn't it? Uh, let's see, Gary, in this case, I'm giving the vice president's election a bit more weight because Trump only has four years left if he wins. The vice president uh, nominee will be set up to be the Republican candidate for president in the next election. Pretty sure that you won't uh, that you won't be picked. <laughs> if I were king uh, of the of the Trump's uh, running mate, uh, it would be Rand Paul. Yeah, I'd like to see that too. Trump Ramaswamy uh, ticket. Uh, ben Carson is the most common sense uh, and is uh, extremely intelligent. Also, not a bad politician, says Judy. Shane says Gary. Congresswoman Lumna would be a good candidate for VP. All right, Frost Your Buns Friday, and uh, we'll get uh, some uh, global warming news here. Tell you what's going on at Ford Motor. Take your calls on the Zimmer Radio Network. It's 953. Uh, glad to have you with us. All right, so we, we were talking a few minutes ago. i got to tell you about Ford Motor Company. I guess they're probably going to irritate the snot out of uh, John Kerry and uh, Joe Biden. But... Um, the country, as we said, was $34 trillion in debt. Every day is a new record. Every minute, it's a new record. Frankly, every second, it's a new record. But you would think under those circumstances, at the very least, that we would decide not to send money to the PLO. Well, the Palestinian Authority, as they call it. Wouldn't you think that, Brian? I mean, Israel is fighting the... Yeah, you would Palestine. think so. Uh -huh. You'd say, you know, we're that deep in debt, we really can't afford it, and <laughs> if you're going to give the money to anybody, why would you give it to the Palestinian Authority? So Senator Rand Paul decided to offer that up. He wanted to limit foreign aid to the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank and Gaza. It failed. 44 to 50. Huh. Who the hell are these people? These people have decided that you're going to fund the Palestinian Authority. <laughs> They've determined that you're going to do this. I don't know how people don't get outraged about this. <laughs> I don't want to, uh, to, uh, to fund them. I don't want to give them my money. They got no business giving them my money, but they do, and apparently they get away with it, and apparently there are enough Republicans on board and Democrats to pass uh, to pass the uh, stopgap spending measure and to send your money to the Palestinians. Wow, that is so generous of them. Uh, let's see, Ford, uh, and, and I will get to the phone calls here in just a second. If you're on the phone, hang on. I promise I will get to you. Ford Motor Company, according to the Wall Street Journal, they have decided to cut production on their uh, F-150E uh, pickup trucks, their electric pickup trucks. They're going to slash production of that pickup truck uh, because of weaker-than-anticipated demand. They said Friday it was looking to balance production, sales, growth, and profitability for their electric pickup trucks. So now Hertz is dropping them. Dealerships are begging the administration to knock it off. 
Ford's cutting back. General Motors is cutting back. It ain't happening. So I'm sure, Brian, that uh, Kerry, uh, on his uh, last, you know, waning days uh, as the, uh, the, uh, the energy czar or whatever the hell he's called, the CO2 czar, We'll go to the uh, president and say, look, I, th- I think we've, we've really overstepped our bounds here. <laughs> you, you, know you don't think he'll do uh, that? Um, don't hold your breath. No? Uh-uh. uh-uh. It, you th- you'd think he would go there and say, listen, uh, this isn't selling. Uh, the, the technology is not there. And we can't afford to do this. Uh, we should just pull the plug on this whole thing. It was a bad idea. Yeah, I don't see that happening. No. Uh-uh. All right, no. then I'm going to go talk to Tony in Fordland. Tony, good morning. Good morning. So I'm going to go real fast here. On the VP pick, it doesn't really matter what we all want or think because it's going to be somebody you're not going to like. Otherwise, he doesn't pick up, Trump doesn't pick up the suburban moms in Philadelphia or the blah, blah, blah other groups. He's got to have someone palatable. Oh, Christy Noem, I think. Watered down. I think Christy Noem uh, fits the bill. I don't think they uh, they really uh, have a problem with her. You got to find someone that's a little more easier on the pro-life issue than Christy Noem. She's firm on that one. You're going to have to get someone a little more pal- palatable. Anyway, my frost is the immigration bill. I want to make sure I understand this, Gary, because I'm hearing Trump and a bunch of others say a bunch of ridiculous stuff. They tell me that 4,000, 10,000, 15,000 people cross a day, right? So if this many people are crossing a day, but you're going to say no to the immigration bill because it might make Biden look good by November, does that make any sense? After what I've been hearing for the past, what, six years about the border, 10 years about the border, ever since the commercials were where's the fence, I've been hearing about this border, and now Biden is actually going to give up the money to do the border, and Republicans say don't do it, it might make Biden look good. We're going to sit another 10 months and let the sieve just flow because we don't want to make Biden look good. No matter how good you make him look with this, it can't cover up all the bad. <laughs> this, this is not the hill to die on, Republicans, conservatives, Tea Partiers, and Freedom Caucus people. This is not the one. Just take the money, do the border, and try to close it up. But if you're going to stand on principle, don't give them nothing, from now until November, we're going to have a huge problem before November. And that's right, not going to make Republicans look good. <laughs> Tony, Tony, I, I understand their politics. I understand your frustration. But I will tell you that it doesn't matter what they do. They will never fix the problem. Because fixing the problem isn't politically palatable to those voters that don't understand economics, they'll never fix it. It will always be a problem. Maybe a little less, a little more, ebb and tide, but it'll always be. They won't fix it. They can't. Neither party. Tony, got to go. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.